This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up with their product uh, months ago, and we have to say that it's been a game changer for us. We especially love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes. Uh, obviously, as you guys know, power, counter, but inside zone, pin and pull, um, you know, and, and inside zone lock and seal. Um, so we can save time and be more productive with our teams and with our in-season uh, work schedule. Just Play is limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. This offer has been extended um, all the way till now. You can get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait. Go do it today. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder is again offering coaches a free in-season football strength program. As you may recall, uh, like we've talked about in other episodes, the New England Patriots squat up to 90% of their one rep max deep into the playoffs. If your in-season strength and conditioning philosophy is just to maintain, then we think we have something better for you. You can get the program once you start a 14-day free trial with Team Builder. Just reach out and tell them that you heard it from Rowdy in the RTP podcast. Or use the code RTP when you sign up for your free trial at teambuilder.com, which is team, B-U-I-L-D-R.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Mason Anthony. Coach Anthony is the new head coach at Rush Springs High School in Rush Springs, Oklahoma. Listen as we talk with Coach Anthony about taking over a program on short notice, putting together and meshing with the new staff, and building relationships with your new players. You can follow Coach Anthony on Twitter at RushHC underscore Coach A. Hope you guys enjoy. You know, where to start? Uh, I grew up in Norman. Um, Attended the the uh, attended Norman North. You know, when when I was a freshman there, you know, it was, it was still kind of the the hard times and a lot of zero and ten seasons and one and nine seasons. And we had a great coaching staff when I was a freshman and uh, had two great classes above us and were able to kind of get things flipped and turned around and started making a lot of the playoff runs and district titles and you know. I, as much fun as I had in high school, I knew I wanted to be a coach. I knew I probably wasn't going to play in college anywhere. And um, so I knew I wanted to kind of step into that next realm, which was coaching. And so um, went to a small school in Kansas City. Um, it's called Rockhurst University. I'm pretty sure my high school was bigger than the college. Um, and uh, got hooked up with a uh, high school up there on the uh, in Kansas City, Kansas called Turner High School. Um, and so being 19 and, and starting coaching, I, I was not much older than the kids I was coaching. And so that, that was a big challenge, but um, I had a blast. I was there for four years, um, graduated, moved back to Oklahoma, um, and uh, spent three years down here and, and met my wife here. and. Um, decided to you know kind of take a shot and go out of state for a couple of years and um, I feel like that's when I really started to kind of 
develop into more of a leadership role. And um, after two years in Kansas, we, we, we didn't think we were going to come back this quick, but the opportunity presented itself to be a head coach in Rush Springs. And, you know, I, I jumped on it because we were ready to come home. So, uh, you know, just it's coaching to me has always just been about trying to kind of recreate that same atmosphere that, that I came up in and, um, you know, having, having a real positive experience for kids. So, Well, coach, what was it like? You, you know, you talked about it a little bit about being a young coach. Uh, what are maybe some things you learned? I think that was something that to me was a, was a kind of a strange deal as well. I mean, I was older than, than my kids by, you know, four years maybe, but that's not a whole lot uh, when it comes to, to coaching high school kids. And there's, there's some definite benefits, and I think you even see that now as I'm older and see younger coaches. There's definite benefits because uh, you still like some of the stuff, things they like, music and shows and, all, all, you know, a lot of similarities. Uh, but even, you know, probably you've got a lot more in common with them even than, you know, a lot of the coaches that you're coaching with. Um, right. and there's, there's other things that I'm sure you are, you know, you've got these things in common, and some of that you're even, even going to have to play down because – You've got to be from a, a you know an authoritative role even a little bit, uh, and so it's definitely a balancing act. What are some things that uh, you know maybe just some thoughts that you had from being a young coach and, and around all these you know young players as well? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think really it was you're kind of in a weird situation, like you said, you're you're kind of straddling that line to where you're part of the staff, but everyone on staff is so much older than you, and so then you're looking towards well I'm identifying more with my players and so um the, the best advice I got was you know don't be their buddy it's it's going to be tough but you know they're they're looking at you as, as a leader they're looking at you as you know for the situation I was in um more of a positive male role model so you know I wasn't obviously old enough to kind of be their fathers but um you know, old enough to kind of be a big brother role. And I think that that helped me a lot um, in terms of being in kind of the leadership position. You know, I thought about, you know, what would, you know, my older brother, how would he kind of model things for me um, in terms of that leadership aspect? Um, and in terms of just, you know, coaching, really, um, you know, just not getting ahead of myself. Um, you know, trying to learn as much as possible because, you know, I, I knew I wanted to coach and, and I was going to try to learn as much as I could from the guys around me. And I felt I was very fortunate um, <clears throat> to be around the guys that I was around um, and just kind of kind of not being afraid to do some of the dirty work or, you know, do some of the things that aren't very glamorous. And, I, you know, maybe it's just the lineman in me that's you know, not really looking for spotlight all that much and not being afraid to do, you know, kind of the nitty gritty that helps the program run. But um, I think being able to see a lot of the behind the scenes things and, um, you know, it's, it was beyond just suiting up on Friday night or suiting up for practice because that's all I really knew about you know, in terms of being a player, so stepping into that coaching role, realizing there's there's a lot more that makes this work than just, you know, coming to practice, getting in the locker room, and then going out and playing a game. Yeah, I think that's the hardest part, too, as a young coach. I mean, you, you kind of fall back on, you know, your 
limited experience, but the things that you know really, really well and, and those memories and the things maybe you studied early on. So you'd said, you know, falling back on, you know, maybe your, your offensive line, you know, I'd, I'd kind of fallen back on the pass game when I was, you know, a younger coach, but then again, you know, it's, it's the hardest thing I think as a young coach to be able to admit that, man, I, I got a lot to learn. And, and there's going to be some things that, that I, I dive into or I, I hop into and it's like, I can't really fake it. So it's like being able to have that conversation with the kids. Like I remember having it when I was a young coach, yeah. like guys, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to have all the answers here. There's, there's going to be a lot of mistakes that I make, but uh, let's go ahead and make them together. And, and I know that I'll appreciate your guys' input, but let's, let's make the best out of it we can and, and we'll get it figured out. And, and that really served me well, I thought, because I, again, I wasn't going to fake it and say that I knew everything about everything, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, that was probably the hardest day was, and it, it happened pretty quick, but that day that I finally just had to admit, you know, I, I don't know, you know, it's, it's three words, but when you can kind of admit that and open yourself up to your players that, you know, I don't know everything. Um, I, I feel like you get a little bit more respect. Now, if you're doing that with every little thing, they're going to start thinking, you know, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, but <laughs> that's exactly uh, right. You know, with, with certain things like, Hey, I don't know, but like you said, let's, let's figure this out together. Let's, let's kind of put our, put our nose to the grindstone and, and, you know, we're we're going to learn this together and we're going to figure it out together. And we're, we're not going to be where we are now, you know, in a day or a week or a month. I think that's a great point. Um, you know, and it, it was something that I learned in the classroom as well. Uh, but like you said, you say too many times, you don't know, they start thinking you're an idiot, but right. if, if you truly, you know, you, you've got a good grasp on what you're doing and you know, the things, but there is a question you don't know. I think, like you said, being honest is is one of the best things you can do and say, guys, I, you know what? It's a great question. I, I don't have a great answer for it right now. I will go find it out tonight, and I'll let you know the answer to it tomorrow. And I think they've got a, a much bigger respect for that than if you uh, they can tell that you're making something up or you right. tell them something wrong and then the head coach tells them something different or the OC tells them something different now, now they're more frustrated than they were if they just would have said, you'd have said, hey, let me go find that out and I'll let you guys know for sure tomorrow. Oh, yeah. You'll, you'll get exposed fast. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, there's, there's no doubt about it. You know, if you, if you try to – faking it is worse than just being honest. So, Yeah, there's no doubt about that, especially with, I mean, the, the internet. and there, any, any one of these kids nowadays, they can go yeah. find the right answer. So, man, you can't, you can't BS them like you maybe used to. <laughs> right. Well, Coach, you know, you were a young coach uh, at that point with a bunch of young players. Now, um, you know, the head coach uh, at, a, at a high school at a fairly I, – I would, I would venture to say at a fairly young age for a head coach, uh, what were uh, some of your thoughts about going into being a head coach at an at a earlier age than probably uh, the majority of, of head coaches? Um, number one, you know, I'm, I'm way ahead of my timeline that I set out. My year one, I sat down and, you know, I got done with that first season and I kind of mapped out, okay, this is definitely something I want to do. Where do I want to be at, at which mark? And, you know, I hit the offensive coordinator mark early. Um, and, you know, I, I spent some time under um, Coach Corbin, who's at Choctaw now. Um, and he, uh, he gave me some of the best advice I ever got. And he said, you know, don't take a job until you feel like you're ready. And I just I hit a point where I felt like I was ready, ready to step into that next role. Um, and, 
you know, I, I learned a lot from him. I've tried to learn a lot from every head coach I've been around in terms of, you know, that behind the scenes stuff. I think there's plenty of time for X's and O's and, and you can talk about that till the cows come home. But, you know, learning those things that not everybody sees, I've had some great role models um, to learn that stuff. Um, so I felt like, you know, this, this job came open. It, it hit all the, you know, boxes I was looking for. Um, and on top of that, it, it brought us back home around family. And, and so that was a big piece to it. Um, in terms of being a young head coach, like, like I said, I'm, I'm way ahead of my target date. I, I thought I was going to be a head coach when I was closer to 40. So, um, you know, definitely it's, it's, it's been a huge blessing, but at the same time, it's, you know, you can prepare as much as you want, but there's, there's still that hands-on learning that takes place. And I've, I've been on the job for, oh, was it July? So about three months and, and I'm still learning something new every day. Um, and, and adjusting to it and then falling back on, on the things I've learned over the past 10 years. And uh, I think that's a big part, kind of drawing from those past experiences, but at the same time, just continuing to learn and, and not thinking just because, you know, I'm the head coach that I've stopped learning or stop, you know, learning from guys around me or guys that are, that are ahead of me or anything like that. One of the one of the challenging things I would assume, um, and I haven't been through it, just kind of my my thought on it, and I haven't even had any exposure into this, but but as a young coach, you know, your young head coach, or even when you're a coordinator, you're a young coordinator, and you've got some assistants on your staff. And Walls, maybe you can speak to this as well because you've done both of these. But you're a young coordinator or head coach, and you've got some assistants on your staff that are, you know, maybe 50 years old. They've been in football. Uh, 20 years coaching 20 years you know and so uh, you're kind of there uh, well you're not your their boss but you're in you know you're in charge as the coordinator and as the head coach you are their boss and, and they're uh, they're you know looking at you with whatever 10 years of experience and they've got 25 30 years of coaching experience and age and and all of this it has uh, has that kind of come into your mind at all um, coach Anthony uh, as far as being a a you know younger coach and having, uh, you know, uh, people that work for you and, and look to you that, that are a little bit older, that do have more experience and, and kind of some ways that you try to go through that. You know, I know you've only been a head coach, I guess, now for three months, but uh, even as a coordinator, you know, you were uh, in that position as well. Did you, uh, you have any thoughts on that or, or any ways that you worked through some of those things? Uh, you know, that, especially when I took this job, that, that fear was, definitely there kind of in the back of my mind like you know how am I going to get this guy that's going to respect me that's you know roughly my dad's age or how am I going to get you know I knew I was going to have two assistants two other assistants that were going to be older than me um, you know so how, how do I get some respect or you know what's kind of the approach to that and and I think the biggest thing is I approach it just how I do anytime I meet a new batch of kids which is you know, number one, let them know that I know what I'm talking about. Um, and I, I think confidence is a big thing. Uh, the second is is building some type of relationship or trust from the get-go. I mean, from the start. And, and that was the first thing I wanted to do. I mean, as soon as I got the job, I think we had a coaches meeting um, within the first six days of me getting the job. Um, so we got everybody together and, you know, I kind of laid out these are my expectations. Um, you know, if you want to be 
part of this train, let me know. If not, then, you know, I'm, I'm here to help in any way that I can. Um, but I, I'd, I'd like to have you guys there. And um, I think the second part to that was that a lot of guys fall short when they get and they want to try to micromanage everything once they kind of get into that head coaching job, especially, you know, young guys like me. Um, to where I know I always liked the, having the head coach that trusted me to do my job. And that was the first thing I told them was, you know, you're all grown men. You've been doing this for a long time. I trust you to do your job as long as it falls within, you know, my expectations for the program. And ever since we had that conversation, they've bought in. I mean, they, they've latched on to what we're selling and, you know, they've, they've done an awesome job so far. Um, and, and I think they're going to do an awesome job, you know, as, as long as they're part of the program. So, um, I, I think the big challenge like to address really is, is just kind of building that relationship. I think that's the biggest thing. Um, when, when you meet anybody, whether it's kids or coaches, and I think that goes a long way. Yeah, I, I, I think that's, that's obviously going to be paramount, you know, get, getting to know that person. And then I think you'd said it, you know, there, you know so there's some people that like to, to maybe be micromanaged, but I haven't met very many of them. Right. <laughs> so it's like, I mean, you, you almost kind of just go into it knowing that most coaches that you've worked around are probably going to be pretty autonomous. They, they want to have control of their position group. They want to, they want to be able to teach things that they feel comfortable about so I think it's, you know, getting them, getting to know, seeing, seeing kind of where they're at. And then, you know, maybe then it's, it's a, a few conversations throughout like, Hey coach, I noticed this, or, Hey, I noticed this, you know, right. I, I'd like to see us be able to, to get to this level. And at the same time, not like just giving them the answer and telling them exactly how to do it. It's kind of like, Hey, remember, this is that standard we're talking about. And this is the way we want it to kind of look like, is, is there a way you can, you can work that. And I think the, that respect and, and those conversations, you know, where I'm, where I'm not just keeping my thumb on top of the, the guy. And, and then at the same time also, you know, ask, asking him some questions and getting his buy-in and, and his input as well. And then also following through with that, not just making it like, you know, in passing, like, Hey coach, what do you think about this? And, and being able to take some of that advice. And again, you don't have to use all of it, but use some of it and then give that guy some credit. And all of a sudden now, you, you've probably won that guy for, you know, the, the time he's going to work for you. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and I think a big thing with, you know, especially working with guys that are older than me, there's, there's guys coming in with a wealth of experience that I can learn from. And so that, that's the second piece of that that I tell them is, you know, if I'm looking over your shoulder, it's not because I'm micromanaging you. It's, it's that I'm taking notes and trying to learn something from you. I mean, my offensive line coach is – he's probably been doing it for I don't know if he hears this he's he's probably gonna give me crap but he's probably <laughs> been doing it for over 30 years so um, you know and my my defensive coordinator is a former head coach and so you know having those two on staff and and hearing kind of the experience to you know help me out along the way has been huge so it's you know I, I don't really consider them you know me necessarily boss and them assistant coaches or anything like that I consider you know we're all in it together you know I'm just the monkey that has to answer the questions at the end of the day but um you know that that's the other part is just figuring out you know what can I learn from these guys and I hope they learn something from me Uh, I think that's what I try to focus on every day well coach uh you know having that kind of a 
of a background as, you know, assistant coach now, then coordinator and head coach, it is important, like you say, to, to you know, give those guys some autonomy. But the part that I've always thought would be difficult, and again, I don't know because I'm just an assistant coach, but would be like at your position that you're used to, you've got every way, perfect way you like to, to have things done. Uh, and then being able to see someone else do it a different way. But obviously, as long as the, uh, as long as it's getting done and, and it's sound, uh, you know, being able to let those guys get that done uh, the way they want to do it and the way that they see fit to do it. Has that been difficult at all for you to uh, kind of give those reins over and see them doing it maybe a different way from you, but it's still working out? I think, I think the hardest has probably been, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to step away and kind of CEO things a little bit um, just to kind of, you know, because number one, I trust my coaches, but number two, I, I, I've got, you know, some guys that have kind of proven to me already that they can, they don't have to be kind of, for lack of a better term, you know, checked in on as much or anything like that. And, you know, I've got a young guy that, you know, younger than me, that he's he's expressed interest to be an offensive coordinator. So we've been working together really well, and uh, you know, seeing how he does things as opposed to how I did things as a coordinator is, has actually been really cool to watch. And it's, I think, we come from two schools of thought. So my my school of thought's always been, you know, kind of a spread system, and he's always been more of a pro guy. And we've been trying to marry those systems together, and we've had a lot of great conversations in doing that, and just seeing kind of how his brain works is actually really fun every day um, and see him when he gets on, the, especially when he gets on the whiteboard and starts talking about stuff and or things he's seen or when he asks me questions. And uh, I, I think that's been huge. Uh, yeah. I've, I've been an offensive line coach for the longest time and having to pass those reins off, I think was harder than anything. Uh, cause, cause you know, being an offensive line coach, I know Rowdy, you know, you're pretty tight knit with your group. And now my group is the entire team. <laughs> and so that, that's a pretty difficult shift to shift into. But uh, I, I love learning from other coaches. And so being able to sit back and kind of watch his drills and see how he teaches things, it may be, this, like you said, the exact same concept, but he's got a different way of doing it. it. It helps me kind of think, you know, my way wasn't the only way. There are other ways that we can get things done as long as it's getting done. Coach, what have been in these these three months? Would have would have kind of been maybe some some things where you know maybe you'd overlooked it a little bit, and all of a sudden now you kind of get into the head coaching role, and you're like, man, this is this is like super important. This is like something that maybe I, I hadn't really thought about, and all of a sudden now, boom, I, I got to take the lead on this and and take the reins. Has there been any kind of those those moments that you've been into it, or has it kind of been you know you know what a lot of it's you know kind of kind of what I expected, but yet I'm still kind of learning on the job. Um, a lot of it's, you know, very much what I expected. Um, I'll say, I don't know if it's necessarily from a football standpoint, but, you know, paying attention to kind of how you work things or, you know, how you put information out and making sure all the information's out there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we have, we have awesome parents, but they love to be informed. And so, you know, if my off by a little my phone's blown up with questions and so uh just just making sure you know everyone's where they need to be and, and and making sure that communication stays open so I was always a big communication guy but um you know having to 
communicate more, I think was more than kind of what I expected, but it, it's not kind of a huge culture shock or anything like that. Um, I think uh, probably from just like a strict coaching standpoint, just all the, all the planning, um, you know, cause I'm used to planning the offensive side of the ball. Now I'm making practice scripts for the entire practice and, and I've never kind of made an entire practice script or, you know, organizing, you know, workouts on top of that. I've got guys helping me, but um, kind of all that usual stuff that as an assistant you, you participate in and it helps, but, um, you know, kind of when, when you're the head guy and making sure everybody's where they need to be and making sure, you know, everything's organized and set up and so we can just, you know, come in and do our jobs. I, I think that's been the biggest thing. I've, I've spent more time at the field house than I have at my house. That's why we're still in boxes right now. So. <laughs> I say that's always the other thing too is having to to move and and do that and and get the wife on board and all that. But it sounds like she was already pretty uh, pretty much ready to rock and roll, trying to get kind of a little bit closer to home. So how's she kind of taking the move? She's doing good. Uh, she's happy to be back around family. I'm I'm laughing because I'm pretty sure this is the smallest town she's ever lived in. Um, so getting used to. Uh, yeah, uh, where we live, we we don't really have cell reception, so that's it's been kind of an adjustment as as far as calls <laughs> dropping and things like that. And we went to the local grocery store, and it's it's not Target. I will say that. And so it's, you get you get what you need, but it's 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 not you know kind of being used to Overland Park, Kansas, where we were. So, um, but it's it's been great. The community's been awesome. They've they've welcomed us in. They've you know, they found us a house and they, I, I get messages daily. I know she gets messages of just how people can help us and help us get settled. And if there's anything we need. So I, I, I think we hit a home run in terms of the community we're in. So, um, but she's, uh, yeah, it's still adjusting. Um, <laughs> we went from a major city to rural Oklahoma, which I'm perfectly fine with, but, um, uh, I think she's starting to like it because it's a lot quieter. So, yeah, yeah, coach, you talked about a little bit. You know, going to head coach, you lose your your small knit group. That's one thing that Coach Alexander, the head coach at Broken Arrow, uh, that's his biggest thing. He always talks about when uh, when he made the jump from offensive line coach to head coach is is uh, how much you miss out on that. You know, he he loves being the head coach and it's exciting and it it's you know his program, but. Um, he, he'll tell you, I think that's his – the biggest thing that he misses about being an offensive line coach is, like you said, now you do. You get to affect all these other kids, but um, you're just not tight-knit with, you know, 20 kids or however many is in your group, 10, 10 kids on the offensive line like, like you were when you were just the offensive line coach. Right. And it's – you know, it's – I still catch myself every now and then that, you know, we're fortunate we're a small school. I mean, our team, we've got, we'll have close to 30 kids and that'll be our varsity roster. But, um, so it's a little easier to kind of get closer with the rest of the kids, but I do catch myself every now and then like, Hey, mentally telling myself, you know, don't just talk to the linemen today, go talk to your receivers, go talk to your quarterbacks, <laughs> you know, your linebackers and, and venture out. And the, our kids definitely make it easy. I mean, we've got, every personality you can think of and, and so there's there has not been a boring day um and i love getting to talk to every single one of those kids every day so um you know it's it's 
it's been tough adjusting because I hear my offensive line coach talking about the stuff he does is a lot of the stuff I did, like, you know, lineman dinners and things like that. But, you know, now I've got team dinners. So it's, it's, it's just a little bit of a shift. But, you know, I just think of it as, you know, my lineman family just got bigger. So now it's the whole team. But Coach, what are some things you guys have been doing then to kind of accelerate the process, you know, coming in and, and knowing you're going to have some some different terminology maybe or some different systems? Have you have you kind of, you know, gone maybe full overhaul there? I heard, you know, you're talking about, you know, another coach, you know, can maybe kind of meshing systems. Has, has that been something you're doing? And then maybe, you know, defensively, you know, how are you, how are you guys kind of getting all that going, knowing that, you know, the, the contact's a little bit limited in the summertime? Right. Um, what are some ways you've had to kind of work around that? Uh, well, you know, we had, a, we had a great spring. Uh, I think the big part was, um, you know, I think with any any new coach coming in, you're going to have two feelings. You're going to have fear and you're going to have excitement. And, you know, you got to stamp out one while feeding on the other. And so we we definitely fed on the excitement. Our kids were excited all throughout spring, which helped with focus. Um, you know, we went in our first coaches meeting. We decided we're going to keep it simple. I've always been a simple guy. Um, I don't, I don't like complicated offenses. Um, you know, I, I was a big fan of coach or still am big fan of coach Trinkle. Um, there was a Kansas Wesleyan and, and actually got to meet with him and, you know, just how simple things look or how simple things are, but it looks complicated when they do it kind of thing. Um, so that, that's kind of where we went as a mentality is, is we're going to make it look like we're doing a bunch of stuff, but really it's just simple, it's just basic stuff that we're teaching our kids and, and teaching kind of that foundation in the spring and building on that. And so, you know, we've utilized meetings and, um, you know, meeting after workouts and, and uh, just kind of talking through stuff and building on stuff. And um, as, in terms of our workouts, you know, First thing we did, our first week of summer pride, we evaluated, so we tested right at the beginning of the summer because I wanted to know kind of where our kids were at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, just just continue to build and let's focus on, you know, what's going to make us better with what we're trying to do and, and structure workouts with that. Um, so, I mean, um, and and luckily the offense itself, it's it's been more of a terminology change um, from what I can tell. Um, and there's a couple things that I've brought that are a little different than what they've done in the past, but it's, it's more just to simplify and be more efficient with stuff, but, um, haven't, haven't had a lot of major hurdles in terms of, you know, implementing new things. Our, our kids have latched onto it and, you know, they're hungry every day and, and they learn really well. And, you know, we don't have to do a lot of reteaching unless a kid, you know, has to be gone for something or anything like that. Coach, um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious. Uh, I'm assuming you probably haven't had the opportunity yet to, to hire any new coaches, um, or, or maybe you have as, as you came in and, and, and needed a, a new guy on staff. But uh, if you have, or even if you haven't, what are some of your, your thoughts about going into that hiring process? What are you looking for uh, from an assistant coach? And, and I guess specifically, uh, when you're trying to interview these guys, what are some things that you're trying to – find out about them as, as coaches or even as people uh, before deciding if they're the right fit for your staff? Um, yeah, I mean, I've got – we've got three new coaches on staff, including myself. Um, one being, you know, uh, Coach Bergner, or the younger guy I was talking about. Um, 
I don't want to say I was part of the hiring process because, you know, I wasn't sitting through resumes or anything like that, but um, I did get to sit in on his interview and actually ask him a couple questions, which um, was, was an eye-opening experience. It's, it's so strange to be on the other side of the table um, and, and trying to kind of think up questions because I, I, I honestly kind of blanked out almost like when you go into an interview, but I was now the person asking questions. And so, um, kind of had to rebound a little bit, but, um, the big thing that me and him talked about on the phone, um, was just kind of, you know, what his goals were. Cause that's what I wanted to know from the get go is, you know, where do you want to be? And, and I'm not necessarily looking for guys that, you know, want to tell me they want to stay there forever. Cause I know that's not realistic. Um, you know, I, I kind of want to look for guys that are ambitious or, sh- or show that they want to be an offense coordinator or want to be a head coach or if they want to just be a position coach, they want to be the best one at that position. Um, that's kind of what I've always looked for is, is guys that are hungry. Um, the second thing, and, and I actually heard this on one of your episodes, um, I'm trying to remember who it was, but they said, um, you know, how much do you love football? I mean, that's that's kind of the big question that I've always asked is how much do you love football? Because it's a lot more than Friday nights and X's and O's. It's, you know, do you want to coach those sub-varsity games? Do you want to be, you know, staying late with our freshmen? Do you want to stay late and, you know, help a kid get better that is kind of struggling? And, and that's kind of what I focus on. Um, on top of the other things, you know, can can you run a group on your own? You know, are, are you competent enough to run your own drills kind of thing? Um, but, you know, the biggest thing is, is how much do you love football? And, and my wife will tell you I'm crazy. But um, <laughs> I, I think getting guys to understand that that's the big thing. I, I had to understand when I came into coaching was, you know, I love football, but I didn't know all this other stuff was going on behind the scenes. Now, it worked out to where I love doing all that stuff. Um, but there's a lot of guys that I think get into it and, you know, just think it's calling plays and, you know, celebrating for touchdowns or celebrating, you know, big, big hits and things like that. And it's, it's far beyond that. It's, you know, picking kids up. It's, um, you know, coaching those late night sub varsity games and driving back from across the state sometimes, or, um, you know, just because you love the game or, or doing laundry or even, you know, something as simple as that. So, um, and, and, you know, those are kind of the big things in terms of running a program, kind of understanding how are you going to fit in our program? Well, if you have no problem doing that stuff, you're going to fit right in with what we do because, you know, we got to have everybody, um, in our program. I love, I love the comment on, you know, how much do you love ball? Just because it, like you said, there, there are so many jobs that are probably not going to be listed on there that just happen and you just have to, to, you know, show up, throw in on it. Let's, let's put it together and let's, let's go get the stuff done. Um, I've actually added a, a new one uh, to my list too. And, and cause it, I don't know, it just came to me probably in the last couple of months or so. And just the, all the interactions with coaches was, you know, not only do you love ball, but how much do you love developing kids, especially as a high school coach? Like, do you like, do you love to coach, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth grade kids, you know, can you teach those guys? And then, cause I mean, and the thing that, 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 that led to that question for me was just seeing so many coaches that, 
it, instantly a kid can't do it. They, they're just trying to like delete the kid and look for the next one. You know, and it's right. like, well, eventually, <laughs> eventually I'm going to run out of kids or, or a guy gets hurt and the kid's going to have to play. I mean, there's just, there's just so many variables. And in, and in high school, obviously, you know, you're going to be limited just from a football standpoint, but I mean, it should be all about developing that kid into a man one. And then two, I mean, it's going to be about, you know, developing that dude to where he can actually get on the field and help us and, and play. So I think that's kind of my, my new question is, you know, like, tell me, tell me all about how much you'd like to develop kids. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we, we have situation. That was one of the first things I told our guys is, you know, we can't chase anybody off. We don't, <laughs> number one, we shouldn't be, but, we, we don't have the luxury with the numbers that we have. And so, you know, what we have is what we have. The kids, the kids that come out and they want to be around our program, we need to be, you know, getting those kids out there and getting them excited about what they're doing. I don't care if it's a freshman that can't tie his shoes or if it's a senior that, you know, is a stud that can bench 300 pounds. It's we, we got to get kids excited about, you know, every little aspect of our program and, and developing. Um, you know, we, we've been fortunate. We are um, girls coach down here. She's brought her girls in for a weight room session and being able to coach our high school boys, our girls, and then our junior high boys in three straight hours. Those, those are the most fun three hours I have every single day. Um, you know, we're doing box jumps yesterday and, and, had a kid in each group that was terrified to jump on the tallest box and you know they worked all summer they've worked on it being explosive and they didn't think they could do it and they every single one of them hit that last box yesterday so you know it's it's stuff like that that gets you excited it shouldn't just be friday night it's 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 got to be all the time getting excited about you know seeing these kids grow and develop or you know even hearing people in the community say hey your your players were you know, doing some type of service in, in the community or something. I just wanted you to know that, you know, that, that speaks volumes to what we're doing. Because um, I, I, I told my coaches, you know, we're, we're not going to know how good we are until years down the road when, when these kids come back. And that's, that's what we have to keep in mind is, you know, what, what we're doing is developing a whole nother level besides just football players and athletes. I mean, it's, we're, we're trying to develop them physically, mentally, and spiritually. That's, that's kind of our, our MO or, or at least my MO on things. So coach having, having such a, uh, a smaller school compared to obviously some of the, the schools like, like a broken arrow or like some of the schools that you've been to with the 80 to, you know, 60, 70, 80 to hundred kids on, on the practice squad or, you know, on the team, uh, makes practices a little bit easier. And, and even guys can be an offensive guy or a defensive guy. But when you get into the smaller schools or even some of your great athletes at the bigger schools, uh, you know, you're going to have uh, guys playing both ways. And probably with a roster of 30, you're going to have a lot of guys playing both ways. Um, what's your plan? Uh, because I think this is always something that and, – and Coach A always talks about, there's never any just right answer um, – but at any level, I think in high school, there's going to be guys that you need to play both ways. So what are you guys, what are you as a coach uh, planning on doing with your practice script or practice schedule uh, to get these guys working both offense and defense? Uh, you know, the biggest thing that we've, we've focused on is, number one, we got to find a place for everybody. Um, you know, we've got 25 guys. 
you've only got 11 on the field at a time, but we've got to find a purpose for those other guys. And if we can, you know, try to platoon at least one group, that's going to help us. Um, there's other guys that, you know, some of our seniors, they're, they're used to going both ways. And, um, you know, they, they can kind of flip a little easier. But, you know, those bigger guys, it's, it's a lot tougher to, you know, go both ways constantly. So, so trying to platoon, you know, some of those groups um, is, is a huge help. Um, you know, in terms of practicing, you know, let's focus on what we need to focus on. Um, you know, I've, I've been in practices where there's an offensive practice that lasts longer than the defensive practice. And my question is why? I mean, why do we need more time than the defense? Why can't we, you know, focus on what we need to get done? So um, that's kind of my um, mentality on it in terms of, you know, structure and practice is, is finding ways to give those guys blows, but at the same time, you know, how can we maximize, you know, our practice time? How can we maximize those reps? Um, because you, you don't want to just burn up reps with those guys through the week and then be spent on Friday when you're expecting them to play. You know, some of our kids are going to have to play almost all 90 snaps, so or 70 snaps or however many. I was talking to a coach about that this week too, and he was saying how, you know, and he's, he's a track guy as well, and he's like, you know, it's – it doesn't make much sense for some of these guys to, you know, grind on mon Monday and Tuesday when the, the meet or the event is Friday. Right. You know, and guys are taking 150 to 200 snaps or what, whatever it might be in, in those two days. And the kid gets into the, to the Friday game and you're like, well, he's got to be acclimated for, you know, his 90 plays. Well, wouldn't 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 be rested up to be able to, to play those 90 plays. And, and obviously you're going to be going a lot harder in the game. So, I mean, I think it, it makes perfect sense. And he's just kind of like, you know, just like like in a, tr in a track meet or whatever, you know, only going about 60% of what you'd want to do on, on your Friday and, and actually having to kind of like track that. And it kind of got me thinking, it's like, man, because I got, I got skill guys that go both ways and just being a lot more cognizant and, and charting, like how many routes these guys have run and, right. and, and track of it. And all of a sudden now it's like, hey, man, you're, you're good. You know, I don't, I'm, I don't need you to, to do anything else right now. I mean, even if I have 30 to 40 minutes left in practice and we got all these reps that we want to run, just let someone else do it because I want, I want the gas tank full when it comes Friday, but I want that guy to play full speed. Right. And it's, I mean, it's, you know, if you're, if you, if you show to me that you've mastered what we're trying to get you to do, let's move on. Like, let's not keep hammered on your, okay, you're going to, you got to run this 90 times. Perfect. I mean, that, that makes no sense to me. Um, one thing we try to do, we maximize our individual time. So we'll have more individual time than probably most teams. And, and kind of my philosophy is if we're teaching the concepts we need to teach in all of our individual groups, when we put it together in team and we're successful uh, in the spring with this, when you come together in team, once the kid knows what their job is and how the people, then it all just kind of sinks up. And they can start seeing, okay, I do my job because the guy next to me has this. And, and, and they started to see it a lot more clear than us just lining up and explaining it to them. So, so teaching that concept first um, and just drilling it over and over and over um, without killing them by going, you know, just beating and banging in team for 30 to 40 minutes. Um, we, we were actually able to stay more fresh uh, throughout the spring by doing that. So 
Well, coach, um, you know, kind of running up on, on, uh, running up on 45 minutes to an hour. Um, but, but the last question I always like to ask guys is uh, when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things they'd be doing that make you think highly of their offensive line coach? How they line, uh, how they line up. So, I mm-hmm. mean, st- stance and splits. Um, that, that's usually the first thing I look towards. Um, the next thing is, you know, how they finish. Um, you know, you can tell a lot. It's, it's, I don't want to say it's easy. You know, I've had offensive linemen, you know, they get the steps and then it's like, hey, I, I did my job. I did my steps. I got in front of my guy. Um, well, I want to see how you finish. I want to see kind of your mentality of, you know, what, what makes you a great teammate is where you finish when the whistle blows. Um, you know, if you're putting guys on the ground consistently or you're at least, you know, resetting the line of scrimmage by five to ten yards and, and we're making gains and carving it up because you're just getting good leverage. You know, that, that shows me that, you know, you're, you're well coached. Um, so, I mean, you know, footwork is always key. But really, you know, if a kid gets down in a stance and they're lined upright and there's an offensive line and they've got proper splits, they're all look the same across the board, that's one I'm going to kind of set off a red flag in my mind because they probably know what they're doing. Well, Coach, man, appreciate you coming on uh, RTP, and you know, hope, hopefully, these last three months haven't been too much of a whirlwind. Uh, we know you've been a, a big supporter for us, and we appreciate all that. And uh, best of luck to you, man, in the new endeavor. Need anything? Let us know. I appreciate it. I love love, love the show. Love what you guys are doing, and you know, just kind of how you guys end it every time is you know, you just love talking football, and that's what I love listening to. And so it's it's been kind of a student of the game constantly. I I love sitting and listening to it. So um, keep doing what you're doing. You definitely have my support. And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at runthepower. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.